Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. And today we're bringing you another of our recent archived lunchtime features from England's recent tour of the West Indies, which you caught live and exclusive on Talk Sport 2. In today's show, Mark Nicholas discusses Virat Kohli. With it approaching two and a half years since his last international century, they hear from the man himself in an interview that originally aired on Mark Nicholas's podcast. And look at what makes him so good, or made him so good throughout his career. Remember, you can get in touch with the show by tweeting us at uh, cricket underscore TS. But without further ado, let's bring you today's following on podcast as we discuss the Indian batter, Virat Kohli. Leach bowls again, Kohli drives, spanks it down the ground. Fabulous shot. Every stat that comes with Virat Kohli just oozes that. He's greatness, and he is. Leach goes in, it's short wide, and Virat Kohli hammers it through point <laughs> for go. four. Best I've seen, Sobers, Pollock, the two Richards, Barry and Viv, Tendulkar, Lara, Kohli. Kohli's just exceptional. Playing for India is absolutely uh, top priority for me. It's a chance for me to represent 1.3, 1.4 billion people. Pushes it out, square on the offside. He goes to another 50 in international cricket. One of the great players of this or any other era of the game. It's a chance for me to inspire people with what we do on the field, what I can do on the field as an individual. And that's my driving force today. Well, Virat Kohli played his 100th test match in Mahali just a couple of weeks ago. It's an extraordinary achievement given what he's managed to get through in all the other forms of the game. Uh, He has more than 8,000 runs in test matches, an average touching on 50. In fact, he's only just dropped below 50 for the first time. In one day internationals, 12,311 runs at 58. Uh, uh, In T20s, 3,296 runs at 51.5. And in the IPL, 6,283 runs at 37.3. So, you know, he is an all-format cricketer. He's a thoroughly modern cricketer. He plays the game in a, in a very aggressive manner 
Um, that's the way he's led India on the field, a job that he no longer holds in any format of the game. He's constantly been referred to as the third in the line of, of great Indian batsmen, Gavaskar, Tendulkar and Kohli. You might think that Rahul Dravid must be on the fringe of, of that group. And of course, in terms of the holy quadrant of the current game, Kane Williamson, Steve Smith, Joe Root and Virat Kohli are those four men. Now, A.B. de Villiers only recently retired, of course. He would comfortably be in that bracket. The truth is this is a stunning player and uh, 100 test matches is a stunning achievement. So Jay Dernbach has bouldered him. Jared Kimber has watched him a great deal, written about him an enormous amount, investigated him and indeed worked as an analyst in, uh, in various teams around him. So we've got a little bit of knowledge here. Um, a remarkable player, um, Jared, in more than just figures. Yeah, I think he, in some ways, he represents New India, doesn't he? Uh, Sachin was very much a person of not just his era, but maybe the era beforehand. He didn't quite make the most of his superstar nature, whereas Kohli is like, you know, a brand himself. Uh, very, very clever at who he associates with. Uh, very big, you know, the American brands that, Swing, swing away from cricket because it's not cool enough, went towards Coley, uh, you know, had the Nike bat for a while, uh, you know, a very big thing, um, but just a phenomenal player. You talk about those big four, you know, it was incredible that I think they're all born within about a year and a half or two years of each other um, that, that came through. And of of the big four, he would be the best all-format player. I think Steve Smith obviously has him in, uh, in test match cricket, but I'd say he would be the best all-format batter. And to be that dominant in the white ball game is just its obscene, isn't it, Jade? It really is because, as we know, the white ball game has developed so much over time. The shots people are playing, how quickly people are scoring, and often that can pay a price on, on people playing in the test arena. But as we said, with, with those guys and Kohli, for sure, over such a sustained period of time, he's been such a solid performer. I've, I don't know whether you want to call it the pleasure or displeasure of bowling at him quite a bit over in... Indian conditions, and he certainly got the better of me. Jared reminded me of my stats. Would you, would you like them? Uh, you've bowled 98 balls to him in one-day cricket, and he scored 121 runs. That seemed a lot. For, that's a lot in one-day cricket. Jade, he seemed to really enjoy you. Yeah, there, there, was, there was change of rules. There was extra men in the circle, oh. and it was tough in India. But that, that, that doesn't take away from, I guess, the, the player he was and how... And I guess that those stats back it up in the sense of he was one of one of those players that I would say even now my career's ended. He was so difficult to bowl at because he could just manipulate good deliveries. Your top of the stumps, hard length, and a one-day international where most people just come forward and defend it. He would find a way to get off strike. So your good balls were going for one, and then your bad balls were getting punished because he never missed out on a bad ball. Okay, uh, let, let's hear how he got into cricket. I did a, a podcast with him uh, during those lockdown days and he was, well, I think very honest and I have to say I thought he was very interesting too. So let's start with this. Obviously, the Indian team of the 90s really opened up my imagination of what could be done in this sport because it was so much more different to anything else that I'd seen before, anything that anyone had seen at the time. And it just it just installed a lot of faith and a lot of belief in me that you know magical things can be done that if an individual decides or believes that something special can be done it can be achieved so that's where the spark started and from then on this dream of mine of wanting to play for the country really started okay uh, so that's the beginning now let's hear how his father 
Um, uh, moreover, his father's passing helped his strength uh, to crack on in the game. I was always someone who took a lot of pride in wanting to be the guy that wins the game for my team. And yeah, that incident really solidified that part of me even further, where I felt like if the situation is difficult, I believe that I can find the strength to overcome that situation, purely because of what I had faced from a personal point of view with the loss of my father. Yes, I get that. Um, and I lost my father when I, just before my 11th birthday. And certainly, uh, um, you know, that many areas of inspiration in my life came from, from that. So I, I hear what he says. Sorry, Jared. No, I was also going to add, I mean, when he's talking about his father there, was, was it in the middle of a first-class game where his father passed away and he decided to continue to play? And everyone deals with grief differently, but it felt from a very early, from the moment you heard that story, it felt like he was driven in a different way. And if you look at, you know, a couple of years ago, he gave up, I think it was, he gave up sugar and alcohol and completely changed his diet. He's been driven in a way that a lot of the other Indian great players were incredible players, but maybe didn't get the most out of themselves. He's a very extreme person, I think, when it comes to those sorts of things. And that's one of the reasons he's managed to turn himself into such a fantastic player. Yeah, he, he, he was fascinated by Novak Djokovic, and particularly his diet, and how Novak was convinced that those extra, you know, one, two percents of, of energy and concentration in tight moments, in key matches came because his diet was A, so good, and B, he was so strict about it, and, and Coley absolutely reacted to that. Something I remember that J- Jade might remember, there was a period where when you were bowling to him, you bowl wide um, Yorkers to him, and people were doing that over and over again. At the end of T20 games, Mark, he was, really, he was scoring really slow for someone who was set and is that good of a player. And then Australia did it in the World Cup of 2016, and he basically hit about seven or eight boundaries on one side of point or the other side of point. And Australia kept moving the fielders. They kept doing it. And he did a masterclass with uh, uh, Nasser Hussain to explain it. And the, the attention to detail of which he actually went about fixing that one tiny weakness in his game, it was mind-blowing. It, you know, if everyone did that in their life, they would improve. And that's the sort of person he is, just absolutely fanatical about little details. And it felt that way, bowling from him, from game to game. If there was a particular delivery or a certain way of bowling against him that he struggled against, he would make sure he rectified that coming to the next game, which made a bowling job so much more difficult. We saw it very recently, I think, again in the West Indies series, where he got bounced out. And then the very next game, they th- you saw the thought process of the West Indian bowlers going, the minute he comes in, we're going to go short. And it was almost those. it's a personal attack against his his technique, his way of playing, and he came out and he made it very clear that any ball into the surface he was going to pull. So it's kind of going back to your point in the sense of any time he has found a weakness or an opportunity to get better, he's certainly gone and done that. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's reacted to, to the things that he's faced and mainly reacted rather brilliantly. Mind you, he did admit to me that there had been a light bulb moment at one stage of his career. I think the beginning of it was purely down to me realizing myself that I'm going to end up wasting the best phase of my career if I don't get my system right. If I don't have a proper routine, if I don't become professional, I'm going to do injustice to my talent and the opportunity that God has given me. And that realization was so strong that from the next day onwards, I changed everything about my routine completely, from diet to working in the gym to resting properly everything changed from next day onwards and no one else could have pushed me in that direction and I strongly believe that anything that you need to change needs to come from within you no one else can 
push you or force you to change and you have to have the awareness to understand and make that change at the right time and thankfully to me that change happened in 2012 and from there on when i saw the results on the field i told myself i'm never going back to my old self because this is exactly who i want to be and this is exactly what i should have done from day one yeah in general you would say that the great players have to be driven in a way that others aren't and yet to some as we watch them from the outside looking in it's 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 as if they just cruise through their career you can't imagine kane williamson having such intensity in his thought processes can you for example no, I mean, from the very early on, it's interesting he says 2012, because before that, I would have said he, was all, he already came across as a very intense, driven player. My, I always thought he reminded me of early Ricky Ponting, who you would have seen a lot of, where it wasn't good enough to be great at what he was doing. He had to defeat you. There had to be that ultra-competitiveness. And look, we know that most athletes are very, very competitive. And then you watch The Last Dance and you see, you know, Michael Jordan fighting with people over poker games. And all, you realize the level... And, and that was what I always saw with Virat Kohli. And just absolutely another, another gear. So maybe on natural talent, he's not that much more talented than, say, let's say, K.O. Rahul, who's a fantastic player. But K.O. Rahul doesn't have that thing that Virat Kohli has. Maybe it's about legacy. Maybe it's about winning each individual moment. But something drives him further than I think other great players have had. Okay. um, We're obviously, a little later, going to just dwell on his relative loss of form of late. Um, But that's not the reason for this celebration of 100 test matches it's just an interesting aside uh, we're now going to try to evaluate him alongside other great players and let's begin by listening to Virat himself on the art of batting let's come back to the art of batting how much of it is technical and how much of it is mental and how much is it preparation and visualization and tell us I think for me it's 70% technical I know a lot of people say that it's 80% mental from a preparation point of view yes it is When you're preparing for a game, you're not really thinking about whether my bat's coming down straight or not. You've already done 70% of that work since the time you start playing cricket. And from there on, 30% is left to, yes, I believe I have a good technique. And whatever's thrown at my way, I'm good enough to tackle it. If you don't have strong foundations in place, I don't think you can be mentally as strong. Because you still have doubts over your own game firstly. And then you're really fighting against yourself at all times rather than thinking of, What can I do in this situation? And then the rest is taken care of by your mind because your mind knows that you have put in the work and you're ready when you step onto the field. Well, that's fascinating. Now, I would say that um, uh, Joe Root turned the corner with the work he did in lockdown, and that was pretty specifically on his own technique. And look at the results that have come from it. I would say Kane Williamson refers back to technique before anything else. That and a sort of Zen mind. Um, and and I would say that Steve Smith is the outlier here in, in that his technique is so completely different, not necessarily wrong, because in the old days on uncovered pitches, people played back and across, perhaps not quite as extravagantly as Steve Smith does now, but, but they did. And there were many great players that honed a fine game on exactly that method. Um, but there's no doubt that Coley, technically, when he's been at his best, is right on, isn't it? I mean, it's it's pretty much masterful i think of all those players i'd be interested to get your thoughts on this i think of all those players he probably resembles the coaching manual maybe the most so williamson plays late in the way that sort of maybe raul Dravid was another player who, who played late obviously steve smith is on his own trip and and joe roots maybe more of a modern sort of style um 
Virat Kohli looks like he could almost come from any era uh, with his with his technicals and everything's so correct. And I, I, that, that's what I think. It's really interesting to hear him. I, I hadn't heard this podcast. It sounds awesome. Like I'm going to have to go back and steal some of it for my next piece on, on Virat. But to hear the 70% technical thing, it really shows you how much he does worry, He does think about that. And, you know, go back to that NASA Hussein masterclass. You realize what a technician he is first. Um, he's not talking about attitude or, or competitiveness. He's really talking about getting everything right. Yeah, and, and technically speaking, he, he's beautiful on the eye. He does all the basics very well. And all the best players do, regardless of Steve Smith, however he looks on the eye. He gets into the fundamental basic position of saying still upon delivery of the ball. And that's all you ever want from these players. And Vera Kohli does it very well. He's obviously found himself getting a bit unstuck, I guess, in, in England at times when he moves too far across the off stump. And that's probably been his only real weakness, I guess. But apart from that, he would... And uh, sorry, even still on that point, coming back for the later series, we saw a change to his technique once again. For a man who's achieved so much, he's just constantly developing. Is he the best player you've seen? He's... Definitely in Indian conditions, playing there, he was he was right up there. He was so difficult to bowl so at. So that was in IPL, was it? Uh, no, that that was uh, One Day Internationals okay. um, over in India. He made me feel so uncomfortable as a bowler, somebody who could rotate strike, score runs off your best delivery. Therefore, yeah. your bad deliveries were getting punished, and it just culminated in the stats that Jared spoke about. But he he made me feel decidedly uncomfortable. Who would you list up there? Other players up there. I've been lucky enough to play with Ricky Ponting. He was an outstanding player. Came over to Surrey and played with us. Kumar Sangakara. And the other one who... and A couple of good players there. But the one that's, I guess, the interesting one is I played a lot with Mark Ramprakash at Surrey. And he was a quite phenomenal player. Unbelievable. The ability where you turn up at games and him along with Kumar, you just knew you had runs in the bank. And as a bowler, there's no better feeling. Unfortunately, Ramps didn't have the international career he probably would have wished for and what people thought he should have had because his batting and his ability was outstanding. I, I hadn't clicked, actually, that Rambrakesh and Sangakara overlapped at Surrey. No, they, they, they hadn't, sorry. No, sorry. Just, okay, so yeah. you mean back-to-back yes. watching them play. I mean, I've got Kumar Sangakara up there. With you. Technically, I've got ramps there too, mm-hmm. but there was confusion in his thinking about batting for a long time. And of course, he, he was unlucky to emerge as a young player when there were some staggeringly good attacks about, and, and, and that made life difficult. You know, he didn't get easy runs when he started as a test match bats, batsman. And I, well, I, I would say that there's a lot of high quality in the modern test match game, but I would say there are some easier runs about if, if you get lucky with who you play first. Um, who, who's your sort of panacea? Um, we saw we were lucky enough to see eight tests of Mitchell Johnson at the best uh, in thirteen fourteen, and the only person I saw in the world, um, and I think he's the only player I've ever seen who would have been able to face Mitchell Johnson at, in that p- period was uh, A. B. De Villiers. He played Mitchell Johnson like it was me bowling to him. It was completely different. When Hashim Amla was there, some you know very top quality England players looked completely. Uh, unsettled by him. I think A. B. De Villiers is the most the most talented player I've ever seen, and also multi-format in the same way that Virat Kohli is. And I would have them as the two sort of multi-format players. Obviously, I was a bit too young to see Vivid is very best in, multi- in both formats of the game. But if you look, you know, from a numbers perspective, they, he would have been one of the other ones. Yeah, well, working backwards for me, I'm absolutely with you on De Villiers and Kohli. Um, De Villiers has played two innings against Johnson and Harris. Well, uh, Johnson... Um, and Harris was at Pretoria at Centurion when he was 96 when Johnson was roughing up like 
Amler and Smith and Faf Duplessis. And then he made 100 at Port Elizabeth in the Sandpaper Gate series against Mitchell Stark and, and Pat Cummins and P people. And you're right, he, he honestly batted as if he was playing on a different surface and almost playing a, a diff, different game. So I go with, in the modern era, the most modern era, I go with Sangakara, De Villiers and Coley at the head of the list. Are we do, is that all format? You don't have Smith ahead of those three in tests alone? I don't actually, no. Okay. I think you could find Smith out. Um, uh, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I just feel that, that he's very eye-dependent. I, I mean, listen, he's a remarkable player. I, I, think it's a, I don't really want to answer that question. <laughs> it's, um, it's so hard. He, I mean, he's very eye-dependent, and I'm a great one for straight lines, you see. I love organized techniques, and it's, rather, it's why I like watching right-handers more than left-handers, funnily enough. But, I think um, we've all been waiting for Smith to fall off a cliff because he is eye-dependent. And I, I told you these stats before, but in, uh, in the last three years, he's been averaging 41, which is fine for a normal mammal in test cricket. But before that, he was averaging 77. Uh, everyone's found it tougher in test cricket over the last couple of years, and Virat Kohli's struggled even more than that. Um, but we've all been waiting for him to fall off the cliff. It's more surprising when Kohli struggled, I felt, like the fact he hasn't made the 100 since 2019. Well, let's talk about that struggle, because is it November 19 that it began when he suddenly yeah. started to, to, well, just not to roll out the hundreds like he always had done, in all formats? Yeah, that's where it's really become noticeable. So he makes 100 against Bangladesh in, on the 22nd of November 2019. Hasn't made an international 100 since that day. 17 tests, averaging 28, which is almost unbelievable. Someone as good as him could only average 28 over his last 17 tests. He's averaging 37 in one-day cricket, which is, again, for him, is very low. For a normal person, not so low. Uh, in T20 cricket, he hasn't had any drop. But to look at the same sort of time period before that, he was averaging 65 in tests, 86 in one-day cricket, um, and 41 in T20. So it's been a big drop. It, it's worth saying, and me and Jade have talked about this a lot, that the wobble ball has affected a lot of very good players, uh, Steve Smith. I think it affects him a little bit more, and we're talking about the scrambled seam ball where you're not sure if it's coming in or going away because he goes so hard at the ball outside off stump. I think it makes sense that he would maybe nick off a little bit more trying to play those cover drives on the up. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, 
which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely played into it. We've certainly seen that in England when Kohli has come here and it's it's a part of his game he's trying to adapt and learn from. But now that so many more bowlers are adept at, at using the swabble seam delivery and where there might be a bit more on the surface, he, he's found himself wanting. I think there might be a few other issues as well, I guess, from Virat Kohli's point of view in the sense of everything that's unfolded with him and the captaincy and how much of a toll that's taken on him, the, the extra pressure from the media, somebody who's gone from scoring 100 after 100 and everybody having his name up in lights as such has gone to the point where people are questioning questioning him as a captain, as a leader, all the things he stood for and all the sacrifices he's made and now all of a sudden that gets brought into question. Virat Kohli, I think it's, it's had an effect on him. My very brief time with Bangalore, it was quite clear that he was way too busy for a professional athlete. I thought there was too much going on around him. Uh, they joked about him being the most busy man in the world. I wondered at the time if that would come back to bite him a little bit. That was 2018, March 2018. He's still got great T20 numbers then, since then. Test cricket, a lot of players have struggled. You know, Steve Smith, Azza Ali, many players have struggled in that time. One day cricket, he's still passing 50 at the same rate. Mark, he's just not making all the hundreds that he used to make before, which was an obscene number. Um, but there's definitely, I think he's got problems with the way he plays that wobble ball in test cricket, but he's also getting out to spin way more than he ever did before. Um, and he used to be a brilliant player of spin. He's no longer uh, an elite player of spin the way he once was. Well, I, okay, uh, the, I certainly hear you on that. You know, he's just too busy. There are too many things go on in, in, in his life for a professional athlete and, and particularly a cricketer who has to spend so much time away from home. So I, I actually think that he's mentally tired and doesn't know it. I think because he's so physically fit, he can't think of tiredness as, as a potential excuse. Um, but I just think the demands are too great um, in all formats of the game and the standard is too high to... To keep over oh, over a decade, really. So uh, let's listen to Virod actually on expectation. Expectation is honestly a burden when you start thinking about it too much. In the past, I have thought of things that are not necessary because at the end of the day, the expectations are connected to what I can do on the field. So I need to be in the best frame of mind to be able to do my part on the field in the best way that I can. And I will do everything to prepare accordingly and not think of the expectations. If the expectations are met afterwards, great. If they're not, I still continue on my journey and try and do it one more time. I step onto the field every time now thinking or knowing that everyone is expecting me to do well. The opposition knows they want to get me out. I want to stay in because I know I can make a difference. And that's the fun of it. That's the challenge. It's whoever cracks first. And why would you not want to be in such an exciting position every time that you play, that you have the privilege to test yourself every time that you play cricket? And that to me is an honor. It's actually a privilege to be in that position. And you actually feel grateful that you are part of these moments where 
stakes are so high and you have an opportunity as an individual to overcome your fears every time that you go out there to play and then you become a better human being i presume after every game a few uh, excerpts there from the uh, podcast that i did with virat kohli about just over a year ago um i think late 2021 and it's available if you're interested in hearing more we did about 35 minutes together um and uh, he was fascinating um just getting back to this whole thing of, of expectation my own view as i say is is that he's mentally tired without even knowing it um and and that you try too hard it's as simple as that when when you reach a certain level and and then you drop below that level you actually without knowing it try too hard to refine the level i think if if he chilled out a bit played a few shots had some fun batting rather than fought for every run in the way that he's doing so at the moment, which makes you tense in the shoulders, tense in the arms, tense in the hands. Um, I, I think he'd probably recover some of his naturalness. I think he's he's almost playing um, a batting practice more than he's playing batting match situations. And the consequence of that is that as you try too hard, so you almost seize up, determined to stay at the crease and not give your wicket away and don't impose yourself on the bowler uh, in, in, in the way that you might. Um, look, I, I, I'd love to ask you, um, you're a great um, historian uh, with cricket, Jared. I just would go with, the, I was lucky enough to see Gary Sobers at Lords in 1973. He made 150. Um, Brian Cannae made 100 in that match too so um, I saw Barry Richards I saw Graham Pollock and I saw a lot of Viv Richards I played against Viv a lot they're the best four batsmen um, or I've always called them the best four batsmen I've seen um, with them I would definitely put Brian Lara and Sachin Tendulkar um, I'd have Sonny Gavaskar and, and Greg Chappell maybe an inch behind them. And I would certainly have uh, Virat Kohli, A.B. de Villiers and Kumar Sangakkara in that group. They are the best batsmen that I've seen, that group I've just mentioned. And just outside them is Ricky Ponting and Jacques Callis and Gordon Greenwich and Martin Crowe. It's some great players fantastic, to leave on the Absolutely edge, fantastic players. But the, the point that I'm making is that Virat Kohli is right in the mix of, of the greatest players, in my view, that there have ever been. Yeah, I don't think – what will be interesting is in 20 years' time, Mark, when we have a similar conversation to this, how much the one day and the T20 factor in. Because we, I think we still think of things from a test match perspective, and people are going to look at him and go, well, Williamson and Root and Smith maybe all end up with slightly higher test averages than him. But for me, uh, I think on pure talent, I don't see how he can't be involved in that conversation. Uh Absolutely, next level timing. Uh, the the impact. Um, we were at that test match in Adelaide after Phil Hughes died. I mean, that was one of the most incredible performances I've seen from one batter in a game against a very very fired up Australian team as well. And he basically battered them on their, on his own. Those sorts of performances. That's a kind of a Brian Lara like. Just to explain it, he made a hundred in both innings, yeah. and and the hundred in the second innings when the thing was turning square against a good spinner was reversing against good seamers. He very nearly won India the match in the fourth innings with a hundred in the second innings. I mean, it was it was just you know having seen as much cricket as you and I have, you don't you don't you don't forget things like that. I think if he ends up with an average under fifty, he uh, there will be a not a. And asterisk is the wrong way of putting it. But I think people will try and play him down. But I think for those of us who have seen him throughout his whole career, we're going to remember that. And then it's going to be depending on if you remember. I mean, he's 
Such a brilliant one-day player. Like on another level, he's one of the best one-day players we've ever had as well. So I, I think he just definitely deserves to be in the conversation you put him in. There is no way in the wide world he's finishing his career under 50 average. He will sort that out. I'm absolutely convinced. I'm on your side there. <laughs> He's not going to stop till that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, um, everybody, we, we've, uh, we, we've celebrated Virat Kohli, really, in a, in a gentle way, acknowledging his achievements as uh, we, we applaud him for his 100th test match, which was in Mahali just uh, the other day. Again, funnily enough, he sort of got in and got out, and that's been his habit in the last 20 months or so. Um, but a wonderful, wonderful player and, and one of the greats of this or any other era. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS. And uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review. And if you're already a subscriber, then tell your mates to do the same. And if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison, then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.